You are listening to the Claycomo Baptist Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. Today is Sunday, January the 9th, 2022. Today, Claycomo's Pastor Scott Gordon starts a new series on healthy habits with his introduction to the series, discussing Hebrews and 1 Timothy. And now we send it over to Pastor Scott. Open your Bible with me to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. If you're looking for Hebrews, go to Revelation, turn backwards. And you'll eventually run across it there. Well, as we embark on a on a new year, 2022, we usually talk about resolutions, and in that uh, we include things like healthy habits. You know, I'm gonna you know, make certain changes. I'm going to do certain things. And, you know, we think about healthy habits. It's how do we define those or how do we uh, encourage those? Now, there is one major healthy habit over the past two years. We have all been encouraged to become much more consistent in practicing and doing correctly. Anybody have a guess as to what that is? Show of hands. Washing the hands. It is, it is so much a, a, a need and a concern that Apple, in their latest Apple Watch, has put an app on there to help you with the timing of washing your hands. Let me show you what that looks like on the screen. You see, it's now switched to a timer that is helping me with how long I should wash my hands. It's disconcerting to see it upside down. But. And then there's an encouragement at the end saying, you are all done. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. I get that. You know, we've been told, what is it? You can recite your ABCs. Uh, sing happy birthday, whatever it takes to be able to get that 20 seconds in to wash your hands uh, thoroughly, making sure you're getting all of that taken care of. And so, you know, we, we, we are in that kind of mind frame as we start a new year and as we think about improving our health personally, whether it is better eating habits, exercise, those kinds of things. Also, spiritually, then, we have that hopefully, desire to be the same in each one of our lives. In fact, then we need to know what our habits should be when we are looking at wanting to be spiritually healthy as well. We think of the word habit. We think of the word habit. It is defined as a manner, a custom, or a practice. In fact, the word that is often used in the Greek is the word ethos which is a defining practice. When we think about the ethos of a company, we think of an ethos of an organization, it is what are those characteristics, what are those habits or practices that define that particular organization? And so that idea of habits helping to define us is, is an idea that we, I hope, in the weeks that are ahead of us, will begin to become very comfortable with hearing over and over again. You're probably going to hear it more than once. I need to hear it more than once. And so I'm going to share that with you and allow you to help me remember in those ways. 
When we think about habits, sometimes we go, or, you know, changing habits and stuff, we tend to think about, uh, I mean, how many New Year's resolutions die before the end of January? I mean, when, we, when we're honest with that, we've been there, we've all done those kind of things. So we start thinking about developing those kind of habits. The story has been told about six-year-old Kevin. Now, his parents have enrolled him in music lessons. And after school, every afternoon, he sits in the living room and reluctantly strums Home on the Range while watching his buddies play baseball in the park across the street. In fact, you know, it, it is that practice that seemingly is without direction is what we might call drudgery. It's like, what is the point? Now, suppose Kevin is visited by an angel one afternoon during this guitar practice. In a vision, he's taken to Carnegie Hall, He's shown a guitar virtuoso giving a concert. Now, usually bored by classical music, Kevin is astonished by what he sees and hears. The musician's fingers dance excitedly on the strings with fluidity and grace. Kevin thinks of how stupid and clunky his hands feel when they halt and stumble over the chords. The virtuoso blends clean, soaring notes into a musical aroma that wafts from his guitar. Kevin remembers the toneless, irritating discord that comes from strumming on his practicing on the guitar. But Kevin is enchanted. He's enthralled. His head tilts slightly to one side as he listens. He drinks in everything. He never imagined that anyone could play the guitar like this. What do you think, Kevin asked the angel. The answer is a soft and slow six-year-old's, wow. Now the vision vanishes and the angel is again standing in front of Kevin in his living room. Kevin says to the angel, the wonderful musician you saw is you in a few years. Then pointing at the guitar, the angel declares, but you must practice. Suddenly, the angel disappears, and Kevin finds himself alone with his guitar. Do you think his attitude toward practice might be a little different now? As long as he remembers what he is going to become, the, the, the idea of practicing will have a direction, a, a goal that will put him toward this future that he has seen. Yes, effort will be involved, but you could hardly by now call it drudgery. There's a little bit of enthusiasm involved. Now, our habits, our, our practicing, help us to become certain types of people. Helps us to reach certain goals when we are rightly motivated and rightly focused. My question for us today is, like Kevin, but putting ourselves in his shoes as Christians... What is our goal? Have we been shown, looking into the future, who we are to become? What we are to look like? The kind of people we are to be? And I believe the answer to that very simply is yes. As we look at Romans chapter 8, verses 29 and 30, we read these words. It says this, For those he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son. There it is. 
What is our goal? We are to be come conformed to the image of his son. Why? So that he would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. I'm not going to preach Romans 8. I'd love to preach those two verses right now. But what is our goal? It is to become like Jesus. It is to be able to see Jesus in our lives. So as we begin this series on healthy habits, I want us to, as we've opened to Hebrews chapter 12, think about this first of all. The fact is, I hope it is our heart's desire above all that we want to see Jesus. That we want to see Jesus in our lives. And let, let's, let's think about this. When we think about the desire of our hearts as Christians, it is hopefully true that we want to see Jesus in our country, in our community, in our church, and in our own individual lives. Let's take just a moment here and let's honestly think to ourselves and ask ourselves this question. What area do I have the most immediate influence or impact on? Now granted, we can and should look at all these areas that I just mentioned and want to have an impact for the glory of God through our lives in all of those areas. But the most practical or the most logical place for us to begin our emphasis is in our own lives. Personal responsibility. And then we can think also into our family and into our church and our community, our country, and our world. You see, I believe it is each one of our desires here individually to see Jesus in our lives. If not, we wouldn't be here this morning. We wouldn't be connected. We wouldn't open our Bibles. We wouldn't be involved in the things of God because it wouldn't matter to us. We want to see Jesus in our church, and, and we are, let's, let's be honest with ourselves, we have been in moments of struggle in this time over the past years, past couple of years, especially through the pandemic, and we find ourselves going, man, I want to see Jesus, I want to see change, I want to find an excitement in all of these things, and so we have that privilege of impacting this. And as we continue, we get to the others, but rather than look at the world around us and bemoan the fact that it seems to be, pardon me, going to hell in a handbasket, let's look at where we are and how do we fulfill the calling we've been given to let our light shine before men. When we look around and we see concerns in our own life, the life of our church, the life of our community, the life of our country, I'm going to challenge you and me together over these next several weeks to turn that concern to the one for whom you are most responsible, and that's you. And then together, let's encourage one another. Let's come together. I believe that is the purpose of the local church is to be able to equip and encourage believers for the sake of the kingdom and the glory of God and the building of his church and kingdom. We could go on. I could preach five other sermons right now, so I shouldn't. 
But all of this impacts all of that. In other words, whenever we are going to be spending time looking at habits that we need to incorporate in our lives, we are looking to impact the world around us. So, to see Jesus, what do we need to do? I believe we have two very direct scriptures that help to focus us in on how do we see Jesus in our lives. And first of all, we find in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 14 that we need to pursue holiness. Hebrews 12 verse 14 reads like this. Pursue peace with everyone and holiness. Without it, no one will see the Lord. Now that seems like almost a throwaway line at the end of the letter to the Hebrews by the author here. Just kind of saying, hey, let me make sure I kind of include everything. Unless I've forgotten something, let me just throw in, uh, you know, cover all my bases. But let's not run by that so in such a familiarity, dismissiveness. But let us stop for a moment and recognize what we are encouraged to do here by the author. It says to pursue peace with everyone, pursue peace and holiness. Why should we pursue holiness? Because without it, no one will see the Lord. You want to see God. You want to see God eternally, personally, in person. You want to be that. We need to pursue holiness. You want to see God in your life. We need to pursue holiness. You want to see God at work in your church. We need to pursue holiness. That word pursue is to chase, to strive after, to make an effort focused on that goal. And what is holiness? It is being set apart. It is a sanctification, a, consecra a consecration. It's hard not to say concentration or consecration, so pick a word there. But anyway, it is a purity, a holiness. We would maybe even say pure in heart. In fact, our, our Lord did. In Matthew chapter 5 and verse 8, he says this, Blessed are the pure in heart. Why? For they will see God. That is the guarantee. That is a beautiful picture. So how are we going to see Jesus in our lives, the life of our church, in our community, around our neighbors, at our work, in our schools? We are going to be pursuing holiness. Alongside of that, Paul, as he's writing to Timothy trying to encourage this young pastor of the faith. What should he be doing? What is an encouragement and instruction that he should give? He says to Timothy, and by the preservation of Scripture, 1 Timothy chapter 4, he says to train yourself in godliness. Train yourself in godliness. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 reads like this. But have nothing to do with pointless and silly myths. That's a sermon by itself. But that's a great context. Don't we live in a time of pointless and silly mess? Stop, Scott. You can't preach that sermon now. Because we're really after the latter part of this verse. It says, rather, train yourself in godliness. Train yourself. And in case you're wondering, that word train is a Greek word. It's either gum or gymnazo. 
And if you're hearing the word gymnasium in there, that's where we derive that word from. So it is the idea of train is to, to practice or, or to, to work out. You know, uh, I would say running, but running shouldn't qualify as anything like that. Sorry, Izzy. <laughs> I, did, I didn't mean to, you know, go down. You know, my, my, my feeling is like the scripture says, you know, uh, the fool runs when no one's chasing him. You know, if I'm running, somebody's chasing me. That's, that's the only, but all of the kidding aside, this word that Paul is using here to, to train yourself in godliness is to practice. There's a diligence. There's a, a working out consistency. And that word godliness is a, a piety. We don't use that word. It is a holy character. It is a God-honoring character in our lives. And I've, I've, I've moved over one entire word. Did you notice? And this is why I started where I did. We talk about healthy habits. We talk about looking at the situations that are around us in, in our world today. And we want to say, boy, you know what? So-and-so needs to get better at this. You know, the, the community leaders need to get better at this. Our, our nation needs to get better at this. You know, our, our convention leadership, our church leadership, all this, this and that and stuff. You notice what it says right here. It says, train yourself. Train yourself. That is the starting point for every one of us. It's my starting point. It's your starting point when we start thinking about becoming healthy spiritually. So hopefully by looking at this, and let's think about this. And I don't want to leave this out. I was ready to run on past. I don't want to run past the next verse in 1 Timothy chapter 4. It says, for the training of the body has limited benefit. Not none, but limited because it's temporal. What does that mean? We're not going to have these bodies forever like this. For the training of the body has limited benefit, but godliness is beneficial in every way, since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. So, we need, and this is our next step, if we want to see Jesus, we need healthy habits, healthy spiritual habits. And I believe the habits bring us in this direction towards the goal of holiness and godliness. That's our goal. We want to understand what is our responsibility. What are we to be? We are to be conformed to the image of Jesus. We want to be more and more like him each and every day. So when we talk about these habits, how should we describe them? How should we think about them? Because I don't want us, as we get started into this series, this emphasis in each one of our lives, in our life together as a local church, I don't want us to get confused as to what we are talking about here, because there can be. Or we can maybe start thinking about it only applying in one area and not another. So these habits are described not by me, but by a wonderful man who's written a great book. His name is Donald Whitley, Whitney. And he talks about these kinds of habits. And he brings out what we should do in thinking about these. And I want to share those with you to give us a context as we get started here. First of all, these habits are described as both personal and interpersonal 
When we start thinking about these habits, we're, we're talking about Bible study or what Whitney calls biblical intake and prayer and worship and evangelism. Alongside those are ministry, service, stewardship. Some that fit within these categories too, some will bring out as, as separate habits, but I believe they kind of fit in together, is fasting and silence or solitude. Some helpful aspects for developing these habits are also journaling. You know, maybe some of us go, oh man, I'm not doing a, a Christian diary. I'm just not a diary guy. I'm not a diary gal. This is not my thing. Sometimes, if we're honest with ourselves, to get us focused, it helps to write it down. You know, we live in a digital age, but I still do my Bible study with about three different things going on at once. If you've seen my office, you know it's a mess, my desk. That's because I do everything from digital to writing on paper to writing on notepads. And it's all over the place. But it eventually all comes together, at least I hope it does, in this way. But the first description of both personal and interpersonal means that these habits that we develop are for us individually, but many of those habits that we're going to be talking about also involve each other corporately. When we think about Bible study or biblical intake, there's a personal responsibility we have to be in God's word every day, you and me, and then to be in it together. We think about the habit of prayer. We ought to be about that personally and then sharing together in that corporately. Those are just a few examples. And you say, well, where is this? Well, even in the life of Jesus, his earthly life, he gave us this example. In Luke chapter 5, verse 16, says, yet he, speaking of Jesus, Luke does right there in this verse, says, yet he often withdrew to deserted places and prayed. Did you notice that? That he often withdrew and prayed by himself, individually, personally. Then Luke 4 Verse 16 says, he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up as usual. There's the habit. As usual, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. That's interpersonal or corporate habit. So there's a, an example that Jesus leaves for us. And as uh, Mr. Sheldon from uh, a number of years ago rightly well, we should walk in his steps. Next, we should see that these habits, these healthy spiritual habits are activities and not attitudes. These are activities and not attitudes. Attitudes would be this, Galatians 5, and 23. That may sound familiar, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The law is not against such things, and biblically, neither are we. But these are not our spiritual habits. These are the outworking character qualities of the life of Christ in us. How do we get to being conformed to the image of Christ, which is the picture of the fruit of the Spirit? By practicing these habits that we find in the Bible. And that leads us to the next aspect of the truth. They've got to be biblical. The habits we're going to be talking about together here 
as we, you know, take this journey each and every day, each step along the way, are going to expressly be prescribed or exemplified in Scripture. And there may be some other things, and we're going to get some uh, in, in another one of these descriptions here in just a second. There may be other things that some find helpful. And this is where I'm going to put, you know, journaling out there is it's a helpful thing, but I don't believe it's a biblically founded habit. But it's helpful. But we're going to say, hey, if we want to be healthy spiritually, these habits, these aspects have to be a regular part of our lives. In fact, the psalmist would agree with us here, especially as we talk about the importance of God's word. It says, I have treasured your word in my heart, treasured your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. That's that picture of a treasuring devotion to the truth of God's word. So we're going to be looking for biblical habits. The habits we're going to be emphasizing are derived from the gospel. They're not divorced from the gospel. What do I mean by this? What I mean is I don't want us to ever get to this attitude. The gospel is great for salvation. But it's not enough for living the Christian life. What are you, what are you trying to say? It's like when we talk about the essence of the gospel, the, the saving work of Christ, the fact that Jesus came and lived a perfect and sinless life, went to the cross, died in our place, rose again as our Savior and Lord, and we repent of our sin and place our faith and trust in Jesus as our Savior and Lord. All of that response to the gospel, that's great to get us in the door, but then we need to leave that behind and go on to these other things that are more important. I hope we never get to that way of thinking because I believe the habits we find in the Bible are founded in and return us again and again to the gospel. They are essentially tied to that good news because the grace of God that called us to salvation is the grace of God that sustains us through the ups and downs in every life. Is the grace of God that enables us to live for his glory each and every day. And all of that is about the good news. All of that is wrapped up in who Jesus is, who God the Father, the Spirit, all of them working in our lives to bring about our salvation and our sanctification. You remember what we found in Romans 8 just a minute ago, that when we have been predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ, that those that he predestined, he also called. Those he calls, he justifies. Those he justified, he sanctified. Those he sanctified, he glorified. That's every bit of our Christian life. And that's all wrapped up in the gospel. Next, these habits that we are looking at in our lives are sufficient for knowing, or we could say experiencing God. I mean, I grew up with Henry Blackaby. Anybody else? Experiencing God, that 12-week study. That's if we are desiring that, if we want to know God and, 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 and experience God's presence in our lives each and every day, these habits are sufficient for us. Now, other things may be helpful. I believe other things can be a distraction. 
and that we cannot find something else to substitute for these habits. There is no way that we can call something a spiritual habit that is not found in the Bible that is necessary for us to grow and to be healthy in our faith. If you say, hey, you know, that, that going to church is good for you, but gardening gets it done for me. Folks, gardening is not prescribed in the Bible for your spiritual health. It's not. It may be helpful. It may get you to look at the beauty of God's creation. It may supplement, but it is not foundational to the health of your life or my life spiritually. In fact, Paul recognized this. He's talking to Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, 17. All scriptures inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be completely equipped for every good work. That's the bottom line right there. And then finally, one last area of description I want us to keep in mind as we are embarking on this study that these habits are a means, not an end. They are a means, not an end. In fact, to see them as an end, to say, I do these things, therefore, I can pat myself on the back. I, I, I'm a good steward of my finances and giving and tithing. I, 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 I pray 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's, I don't believe that's possible for any of us. Unless you're going to go hide in a monastery or something like that. And that's not what we're called to do either. You know, I, I read through the Bible every day. All 66 books. No, see, that was the problem of the Pharisees. We don't want to go there. They paraded their habits in front of everybody in such a way that says, look at what I do to get the praise of men. But what did Jesus say to them? He had some very strict encouragement, correction, he says, woe to you, Matthew 23, 23, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. You pay a tenth of mint, dill, and cumin, and yet you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. These things should have been done without neglecting the others. He wasn't denying the importance of these habits, these spiritual attributes, these actions being a part of their lives, but he's saying that is not the goal. What is the goal? To be conformed to the image of Christ. To be like Jesus, to see Jesus, to live and to follow Jesus, to bring honor and glory to Jesus. That is our goal. Now, if you're going, well, if that's the case, then I don't need to develop any habits. Folks, we don't accidentally grow up. You don't accidentally learn. You, you might stumble across a few things, 
but the intentionality of education, the intentionality of instruction, the need for us to be informed and to learn is a fact of life. And it's because that's how God designed us. It's not an accident. It is not something, that, oh, that's something the world created. We don't need to do it. No, we must. We must be diligent students in all of life, especially in our spiritual lives, in our relationship with God. Now, as we began, I admitted that developing good and healthy habits can be challenging. I mean, how many of us have tried it? Oh, my prayer life is anemic at best. Oh, I mean, I, I, I might kind of read the Bible once or twice. I mean, I'll, I'll open it when I'm at church on Sunday. But any other day of the week, it's a, it's a maybe at best. My understanding of stewardship and giving, oh, well, I'm kind of, I'm not sure maybe even. ministry or service evangelism we can think through all these things and and the reason as we think about changing those habits because it's just we may have spent years developing bad habits anybody ever tried to change a bad habit i mean let's just think not spiritually just in general getting into a bad habit and i need to i need to eat better i, I need to not do this i you know uh, uh dealing with my temper <laughs> And I said, my own purpose, not yours. Whatever the case may be, we have developed those bad habits and we're entrenched in those unhealthy habits. And so change seems like a daunting task. It seems maybe impossible. I'm so glad we went through this other study recently. By way of reminder, let me share with you a couple of verses I hope we're all familiar with. I'm not even going to tell you where they're found because you'll know where they're found as soon as you hear them. Take up my yoke and learn from me because I am lowly and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's Jesus telling us. Hey, take my yoke. That sounds... <laughs> And learn from me. Oh, I'm not a student. Because I am lowly and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. You will find that peace. You will find that strength. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So developing good and healthy habits, I believe, is something not only that we must do, but that we absolutely can Please visit us online at www.claybap.org.